friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Brad Pierron. I'll be the host for today's episode, and I'm joined here in studio with my friends and brothers in Christ, Aaron Richards, hey Brad. Dan Dimite, and special guest today, Pete Burak. Pete, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, so um, oh, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is the show where encounter meets mission. It's the show where we take questions from you that we try to give the best answers we have. Um, Two, and we have actually two cents that we throw into a jar whenever we're ready to answer the question. We'll mm-hmm. each give one uh, answer a piece, and we'll kind of comment on each other's answers. I'll give my two cents today to Pete before I throw it over to Jack for today's question. So, Jack, Whoa. can you share with us the question of the week? Yeah, of course, Brad. The question of the week is, what do you do when you feel like your community has become complacent? What do you do when you feel like your community has become complacent? Okay. Pete, I, I'm just ready so right out the gate to put <laughs> the coins in, in that yeah, jar. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Slam dunk yeah, it. You're yeah. a basketball player, right? <laughs> yes, and the lid's over. Yes, that's perfect. I didn't even know there was no, a lid there. No, it's successful. Okay. <clears throat> so, awesome question, Jack. Thanks, man. Um, well, it, not to be that guy, but my first instinct would be like, if I was actually in a conversation with somebody and they said yeah. this question, I'd be like, what do you mean by complacent? Because mm-hmm. I think that could encompass a lot of different things senses of what the where the person is and what they're doing and what the community is or is not doing so setting that aside i think it's worth defining that though for a second of like what do we mean by complacent but setting that aside um my first instinct when i heard the question was uh and then look down at this book by (laughs) chesterton chesterton when he was asked what's wrong with the world Mm -hmm. he said me (laughs) i am i'm what's wrong with the world and so my first instinct when i heard this question is if you feel like your community is complacent take a deep dive into your own heart and say where are you complacent where is your heart gone stagnant towards the lord and one of the best ways to get out of that personally is to fast to pray more and to do stuff and so my two cents would be if your community is complacent it might be because you're complacent Mm. that is good that is good uh pete that is good you you, i mean in the course of uh evangelization and preaching and teaching, you, you run into a lot of young adult communities um, or Brad, you, you know, on campus with the campus ambassadors through recruiting, where have you guys run into this type of stuff before? Yeah, I think, well, for me, I think I usually run into it in communities that have um, just different experiences within the same wall. So you have people that have gone and they've had an experience of Jesus that's different. And when they come back, they're not sure how to actually, um, bring those two together, reconcile yeah. the two different experiences. So the complacency, at least that they're perceiving comes from, wow, there was something I experienced there that was so different mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And then I came back here and noticed that it's not the same and it's feeling to me to be complacent. So usually when that question comes up, that's how I experience it, but I'm not sure. Do you have the same experience different? Yes. Uh, similarly, I think a lot of the communities I've experienced that would identify this way, when you dive into it, it's because they've stopped praying together. Yeah. And they've lost a sense of why they exist. Uh, and a lot of times those go hand in hand, like why you exist should be originating from the throne room. And yeah. so if you're not praying together and discerning, why, why, do we, why do we do this? Why does this community exist? And what are we set out to accomplish? What's our mission field? Mm-hmm. If you lose that sense of mission, you will lose a sense of community. And then, um, yeah, then it'll just be this kind of random group of people who are kind of doing things together and we're not really sure why. Mm-hmm. And that loses conviction. I love what you were saying too. And one other, one other area that I see transition happen, or at least one of the, uh, I don't know, a temptation is surrounding relationship. So oftentimes 
You'll see individuals who are excited and on mission together when they feel like they have time to give. Hmm. And then, uh, you know, we kind of fall into the American ideal of, of what marriage should look like or what a newlywed couple should look like. And oftentimes that's the point that I see where somebody says, Hey, now is the acceptable time for me to step out of mission. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to live my good, my good Catholic young adult life. And we're going to take a, take a year or two to just do us. Um, and that turns into a lifetime of, of kind of stepping out of the game. So I like what you were saying in your two cents. You close by saying fast, pray and do. And I think a lot like, okay, so yeah. let me fast for my community and for myself so I can find my own complacency. Let me really pray into what is the complacency? What's the root cause mm-hmm. of the complacency? Mm-hmm. Where am I? Uh, where's my own flesh involved here? And then to do something. And I think mm-hmm. if you, I mean, I, it, the, uh, what in the discernment of spirits, uh, Ignatius Voya, uh, Ignatius of Loyola talks about like you act against the desolation. And so if there's desolation or complacency, just do something against it, you know, like act against it so that, um, so that you, if you, if there's spiritual complacency, then pray more, right? Mm-hmm. Don't pray less, pray more. If there's missional complacency, mission more, Yeah, don't mission less. Yeah. And I do think there's a time in the maturity that we have in our walk with the Lord, where we realize that a lot of the like secular wisdom of focus on yourself for a little while starts getting tiresome to us, right? Like we, we like look and we're like, actually, I don't, I want to focus out now. Right. And, and sometimes when we have that inspiration, we feel like everyone around us should have the same one. But actually, if we take lead on that and welcome people into it with us, kind of like what you were saying, Mm -hmm. Pete, if if we take ownership of that and we actually begin moving and welcome people alongside us, I want to toss yeah. mine in. Oh, I was going to oh, go. Oh, oh man, I got in the list. Yeah, okay. This is perfect. Uh, so, I, I want to jump off something that Pete said. Actually, the do something about it. Uh, that here at Damascus, um, the the Dynamic Catholic Foundation did a study a number of years ago that looked at young people walking away from their faith, and I think the same could be said of young adults or missional communities that. Uh, Within 10 years of their confirmation, they said five out of six young people will leave the practice of their faith. But for the one who stayed, 89% of the time, that one person stayed because of a unique sort of outside of the box experience of encounter with Jesus. So they identified that the the um, most common denominator between people who stayed engaged in the faith was that they did something that was outside of the norm. So it wasn't being raised in good Catholic families. It wasn't going to Catholic schools. It wasn't the vibrancy of your parish. It was truly that something happened that shook me out of my standard that brought me into an encounter with Jesus. And, and that's really what we've founded uh, the, a lot of the programs of Damascus about, that we want to create that mountaintop thing. So I would say if, if you find that your community is, is feeling or becoming complacent, it might be a good opportunity to ask, like, how can I how can I relight the fire? How can I get us out of our norm? Um, a great opportunity for that, that I've seen impact us, you know, in my youth ministry core team, um, we were a young adult community, oftentimes even consistently in the mission field, we would become complacent, but it was our annual mission trip that, that pulled us out of the norm that really charged us up and got us reengaged. Uh, I started leading an annual trip to a conference down in Georgia that was it was it was something that was outside of our norm that was exciting that was that was en- enlivening and it 
it kind of re-kickstarted us. So I'd say, yeah, don't get too negative. Um, I think complacency is maybe sort of in the nature of a human person. But if we can, if we can get ourselves out of that, out of that norm, I think we can, we can maybe get the ball rolling again. That's awesome. I, I, it's, I mean, just last night, so we're doing our, um, young adult and power conference right now. And one of our missionaries last night after prayer, he said, man, like, this is so good just for our missionary community to be like, to be reminded and wakened up. And, and it's like, it, it's, and it's, it's funny because we're an on fire missionary community that prays every single week together. We're on mission every single week together. We're, we're constantly encouraging and exhorting and challenging each other to mission, but there's something different yeah. about stepping away aside together, focused on a time where we, we're ready for God to move. It, it's, it wakes everyone up again. Yeah, I, I love the I love the idea of getting out of the the norm of operation because there's another thing where you're going to start seeing um, your community differently. Like when you get out and experience God differently, you see everything differently. And so um, when you come back from that encounter allow yourself to see what God did in you and therefore what he can do in others, right? Mm -hmm. What he does in our life, we actually can testify to, we can speak encouragement to people uh, for like, Hey, if he did this for me, he can do it for you too. Yeah. And what's interesting about your point, Aaron, is that there's been such a movement. I'll just say in the American church to almost downplay those moments to be like mountaintop experiences almost become uh, something people point to as like, well, they just had a mountaintop experience and then they didn't have anything else. Yeah. You know, like like events and kind of big dramatic emotional moments are almost being set aside as if they're a problem, yeah. you know, and then we can't focus on that. We, we need to be able to focus on the rest of life. And it's the beautiful Catholic both and like we need both, you know, when you look at the gospels, Jesus brings the apostles to very dramatic encounter moments uh, and then he walks with them and he lives with them. Mm. And even then throughout Acts of the Apostles, there's big dramatic things that happen that remind them of who they are, that remind them of their anointing, that remind them of God's providence. And then there's the everyday stuff of walking from one city to the, ex, to the next. And so it's, it's not an either or. And so I think it's, it's so wonderful. Again, we're at a conference right now and it's okay to be like, this is really good. Mm -hmm. And all these people need to go home and instill habits of prayer and all these other things to sustain them. And then along the way, they need to come to something else that will mm. shoot them up in the, the arm and they'll be ready to go for the next thing. And yeah. so <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's that balancing act that often we, we kind of lose that balance. Yeah. That'd be a fun book. Dramatic moments. Like I think there's a book called like holy moments, like, or like the uh, memorable moments, like dramatic moments, like the dramatic moments of the like of the gospels of the acts the apostles and then the dramatic moments of damascus like how's god showing up and there's a lot of them. wakened us up and in just normal human life too right like your your wedding day is a big day like these, yeah, they, these things and you moment. look back to it and like again it it's not like that forever it, but it is like that for a moment and it does help you yeah. prepare for the next thing same thing in the yeah. life of the lord so hey if you're complacent have a dramatic have moment. A dramatic moment Whoa, oh, all right my two cents Woo -woo. okay um it, it, I, I identify with this because I feel like over the last 20 years of my life in Christian community, I have felt like uh, uh, community is complacent a number of times, and I have had to try to call community out of complacency. And I think a lot of sometimes I've done that from like the role of the leader of the community. So I'm calling out those who I'm leading. And other times uh, I've, I've had to do it as the participant in the community. And so whether you are the participant and you're like, man, my 
my past, like I'm at a parish, my pastor has all power and authority here. And I feel like I don't like what, what rule do I have or a, co- a college campus ministry? And you feel like you're a participant, you, you don't have authority. Um, it doesn't matter if you're the leader or a participant. I, I think the strategy is the same. Um, so the first thing I would say is discern. So discern is, is this from the Lord or are you just being a jerk? And so like sometimes um, the Lord tells you, he shows you that the community is complacent so that you can do something about it. Sometimes you're just being a jerk. You had, you like came to that retreat and now you come back and you're like, oh, I had this experience and they didn't. So like just discern, is this from the Lord? Like the, did he ask you, does he want you to do something? Then secondly, I would say, thank the Lord for it. Like thank the Lord that you're feeling that sense of complacency, because this is a prophetic sense. So God, he often, you would see the prophets in the Old Testament call out to Israel for their unfaithfulness, which ultimately was their complacency. Whenever they were complacent, what did God do? He would rise up um, prophets, and the prophets would speak God's word to the people. So if you see it, discern, then thank, then discern again. Okay, if I'm a prophet, thank God for making me a prophet. Now, how do you, what word do you want me to speak, Lord? And how do you want me to speak it? And I think how do you want me to speak it is really important. And then you want to speak it how the Lord is speaking it to you or how he asks you to speak it. So sometimes when I see complacency in a community, um, I speak that, I, I, I challenge that complacency with a word of the Lord and a word of frustration. Sometimes I do that in a word of gentleness. Sometimes it's in a word of sorrow. Like, and, and so be attentive. What, what, is the, what is the Lord saying and how is he saying it? And then try just to simply say, I, I feel like the Lord is saying this and this is how I think he's saying it. Use his emotion. This is the gift. And then I would say, again, go back to discernment. So you're discerning, is this from the Lord? You're thanking him for being a prophet. You're discerning, how should I say this word? Then discern, who do I say this word to? And I think that's really important because um, sometimes it's like the whole community you need to speak to, right? Sometimes it's the leaders in the community. Maybe sometimes it's one leader in the community. I know sometimes when I'm feeling it, it's, hey, I need to talk to Aaron, and he and I are going to talk about, here's what I'm sensing, what do we do with this? Or I'll talk to Brad and Aaron and our leadership team, or sometimes I say it to the whole community. And so Mm -hmm. it's really discern who am I being called to speak this word to, but it all goes back to this, this, you have, like, if God is filling you with a sense that, man, that there's complacency here, God, that is not God's will. God wants, he does not want Christian community to be complacent. He doesn't want us to, uh, to be lukewarm. He wants us to be on fire. And so, uh, there, there should always be a voice, um, when their community is complacent, challenging the community. All of that has to be done in great love. So mm-hmm. if I'm challenging the community in frustration and sorrow and directness, if it's not done from an act of charity um, and and they don't feel loved by it, uh, it's not going to be effective. Yeah. That's awesome. I think another thing that, as you were speaking, Dan, that will determine how effective it is when you deliver it is truly seeking the Lord on how urgent it is. Mm. Like. It, it can be important and non-urgent. Like it could be something he's showing you that over time he wants you to play a part in, right? And I, I gave an analogy. I was speaking to the campus ambassadors this year and we have summer missionaries here at Damascus and they come and serve at Catholic Youth Summer Camp. It's incredibly fast paced. The Lord moves really quickly in people's lives. You see conversions weekly. And that, that's that's not, 
the rest of your life, right? And and sometimes that reconciliation of coming from this into the rest of your life can be mm-hmm. challenging for people. So our campus ambassador program seeks to set up people for success once they leave here. And I was giving one of the first messages to this group of people, and I was um, brought to an analogy of baseball. And uh, I played a lot of baseball growing up. My family's um, just had a lot of success in in. A lot, a lot of different sports, but baseball specifically. Um, I, I mean that like my I uncle seen was you play baseball. My uncle was drafted actually by the Phillies, cool. and uh, then played a year of college. Was drafted again, and nice. so yeah, um, baseball kind of runs. But um, in high school, I faced the best pitcher I ever faced. He played at Ohio State after that. Uh, threw him like the mid nineties, so pretty solid fastball. And I was, I was, um, I was young, so he was a freshman. I was like a young junior, and I. I didn't know how to approach this at bat. And I knew I wasn't going to play his team again. And so the way I approached that at bat versus the pitcher that I knew I was going to face eight times in my career was very different. So I knew that when he was going to throw to me that he was likely to throw a fastball up front. I'm going to tie this in, I promise. And uh, <laughs> like, like, but anyone that's following that's a sports fan, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. Like I, I stepped into the batter's box and I knew he was coming with fastball early. So I swung as hard as I could and I flew out to the warning track. If he'd have thrown a curveball, I probably would have struck out. But the way I approached that at bat was I have one shot at it. He's probably going to throw me fastball. I'm going to swing as hard as I can. I'm going to see what happens. The guys I faced eight times, there was a sequence to it. I approached those at-bats differently. There wasn't an urgency to get the first pitch right because I was going to face 40 pitches from these pitchers in my high school career. So it was about figuring out what they were doing and how I could use that to the advantage of what I like needed for the at-bat, right? And in ministry, sometimes we go in like we're going to face this community one time and it mm-hmm. has to happen right now. And if I don't swing as hard as I can, and if like all these things. But community is much more like the latter, the picture that you're going to see a dozen different times, eight different times. You're going to show up and it, and they're going to be there. And so don't feel urgency where it's just important. Mm-hmm. And um, I do. I think that that analogy, like it helps get my mind around, man, I lose my peace sometimes whenever I get a word from the Lord. And I'm like, it has to happen right now or it's never going to happen. And everybody gets, has to get on board. And it's like, wait, where'd my peace go? Because if I'm going to be a prophet, I still have to maintain peace. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a fruit of the spirit. And if I'm not operating the spirit, I don't want to speak it. So I think the urgency piece goes to the effectiveness that you were talking about. Mm. Well, and you, you said discernment a lot mm-hmm. and uh, that's a whole nother podcast, right? To understand how to discern. But one of the best ways to discern is in the context of community too. So to be able to bring uh, to a trusted person or, or people, I think the Lord is telling us this, can other people corroborate? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was sensing that as well. Or a lot of times the prophetic word in our day and age is one that is kind of given out piecemeal that collectively emerges the message from the Lord. Mm. You know, I, I don't know whether or not Jeremiah had a small group that he threw his prophecies by. It doesn't seem like it seems like, but that was a unique call in his life. Most of us, as the Lord speaks to us, mm. one of the ways he's going to confirm the word and speak more deeply is through the other people in our lives. And so finding other people who, if you're sensing the community might be complacent, well then probably some others are too. And finding those people and saying, hey, I'm, I'm sensing this. I think this is what the Lord's, can you confirm that? Am I off? And it can be part of that patient, humble discernment. So you don't come in bull in a China shop. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got the word from the Lord. I'm the prophet. Yep. Here we go. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. How do you guys, um, question off that, how, how in your guys' lives have you set aside um, that proclivity to think it has to happen now or never? Like what's a, what's a practical step? Cause I'm, I'm imagining if someone's listening and they're actually asking this question, they're like, yeah, but this word, it like, it came so strong. And like, 
I think it has to happen right now. Like, what's a way that they can offer that over outside of just the small group? Is there any other context? I thought I'd check in with you, Dan, you, Aaron, because I love that. Like, run it by other people, other. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it is, of course, discernment. So the only way you know if you're supposed to take action now or later is by asking God, am I supposed to take action now or later? Mm -hmm. And so I think getting your emotions out of the way so that you are actually like the emotions are what create the urgency, right? So have a sober mind so you're able to discern, okay, is this a now word or am I called to be patient with this? I, if, um, you know, Chesterton says, don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. Don't be so slow that nothing happens. And so like, there's, there's gotta be a, a point where, um, there is a restart if, or, or that the engine is revved, whether that's a holy moment, a dramatic moment, right? Whether or not we, I, I move towards something to get something done. But if we just sit around and do nothing, it, it it's, uh, we're either going to grow bitter or we're going to stay complacent. And yeah. so, uh, so I think there's got to be a, a, a timeline of there's got, there's always action to be taken. The question is what's the right action mm -hmm. and the action may not be, okay, we're going guns blazing, but there should yeah. be something. Maybe it's fasting and praying for conversion. Yeah. yeah. So run it by a group of people and take it. I'd say you've got to, to live it in relationship too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, with few exceptions, your prophetic word is not going to have lasting authority in somebody's life if you haven't earned it through relationship. So they've got to trust you. Um, and that trust might come through, you know, the invitation to come speak at your conference. So there's a high level of trust in Pete tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, but for, for me in the context of living it in community, like I can't just assume that because I have something to say that it's going to be heard. Mm -hmm. I need to know that the person who's receiving it trusts that I love them and that I'm willing to you know, work it out. So yeah, if I feel this is urgent and then I open my mouth to say an urgent thing and I realize, wow, this isn't being received. Like, that's great. Like, mm -hmm. let's live it in relationship. And all of a sudden it's not urgent anymore. Yeah. It's not something we're going to work out over time. I love that. Yeah. So ch challenge it where there's investment, right? Share it with a, a group of trusted people so that you can really get a different lens on it, making sure it's not just you and then continue to take it back to the Lord so you can discern it. I would also look at what are great examples of people who have done that well and done it poorly, right? So like, I bet we could all, like, I, I think one of the reasons we were expressing caution is because we're thinking through of how this <laughs> could go so bad, right? I've done it poorly. Yeah. So if sure. you lack, if you lack guidance from the Lord and you lack character, it's probably going to be done poorly. But we also see moments of like Joan of Arc and Catherine of Siena, like going to Kings and to the Pope and to telling them what to do. Mm -hmm. And and they listened, right? And there's because it was from the Lord, and there was authority, and it was done with virtue. I love it. Well, let's good. let's move this into uh, our mission section. So, um, Pete, we do a, a mission momentum where we actually take the conversation we've had and we give one encouragement to the people listening on how they can actually make this practical in their lives this next week. We call it mission momentum. So if uh, any of you have mission momentum, how can we take this into the next week? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on just based off what I was saying earlier. Um, try to think outside of the box and keep things fresh within the context of your community. If you feel like the schedule's becoming a drag, uh, take some time to think about how how can I upend this schedule a little bit? Mm -hmm. um, that this is a good a good trick for marriage and for dating and for living in relationship. That's good. Yeah, um, I would say I, I really liked uh, Pete's two cents. I I think the like 
let the fire within burn deeply because the more it burns within you, the more people are going to see that and desire it. So if you're sensing, um, uh, complacency within a community right now, just press in hard with the Lord this week and just don't take action yet. Just, just go after the Lord, go after the Lord, go after the Lord and just let him really uh, enkindle the fire within. Yeah. Building off of that, uh, a three word prayer that the Lord always answers, which is come Holy Spirit. It, uh, my dad used to call it a text message to Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and I, my it's very practical thing, start every day when you wake up, first thought in your head is come Holy Spirit. Just give your day to the Holy Spirit and let the, the Holy Spirit burn more deeply in you and see what happens mm-hmm. because there's no such thing. The Holy Spirit does not exist with complacency. They are incompatible. Yeah. It doesn't work. The Holy Spirit is literally the agent of movement within the church. And so if there's complacency, there's probably a lack of, of the Holy Spirit. And so just ask for more. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just say if, if you're restless or if you're finding complacency in yourself or in others, uh, take, take time to write down what's bothering you. Because when you write it down, it, it puts it into reality. And then you can really actually look at it. Like in my life, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or like something has to happen now, when I write it out, I begin looking at it matter of factly instead of emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, wait, you already are kind of doing some things here. Or actually, that does make sense. That might be good to, to talk about right now. So I would say write it down in a journal. I used to do sticky notes by my bed because it would keep me up if I had too many things. So I would just write it and stick it down so I wouldn't forget it. But um, yeah, that would be my mission momentum for the week. Um, Pete, it's so good to have you with us. Um, you. You'll be speaking tonight at the Empower Conference, which is so good. And uh, working with Renewal Ministries, how can anyone that's listening find more about you, what Renewal does? No, that's, that. that's generous. Yeah, just go to renewalministries.net is the easiest way to get in touch with okay, us. Okay, awesome. Yeah, they're doing amazing work, and we're so grateful to have Pete here alongside us. This has been Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. And we're not just a show that likes to talk about mission. We want to be a show on mission. So if this blessed you, or if you know anyone in your life that could listen to this episode and gain something from it, we'd encourage you to share it with them. Send it to them via text message, however it is that you want to send it to them, and let them encounter the word that the Lord's speaking to them so they can be on mission in their lives. And we'll look forward to seeing you here next time on Beyond Damascus. Brad, you forgot something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And remember, as always, mission makes sense. I was just just joking. (laughs) I think you can hold it. Yeah. Mission makes sense.